0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this edition of Christian Conspiracy Theory. We are your hosts, Matthew and Aaron Miller. It is good to be with you. Well, we have a topic tonight that is going to stretch the boundaries just a little bit. But there is a phrase in the Bible that has got my son's attention. And it proves to be very interesting indeed. So Aaron, why don't you come on and and describe how this topic came up one day and all the ramifications from it. Uh, So your initial thoughts on this particular topic. So you are the one that's going to introduce the topic. So give it to us, both barrels, square in the chest, point-blank range.
1: All right, so um, my question began with uh, the two witnesses We know about them in the book of Revelation. These are the two witnesses that are sent by God into uh, the outer darkness, which is called uh, Sodom in Egypt. And these, uh, we know them as having had, uh, well, they will have the power to call fire down from heaven, or as it literally says, to that fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And it also says that they shut up the sky. They will shut up the sky so that rain would not fall during the days of their prophesying and have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. This is specifically in Revelation uh, chapter 11, verses 3 to 7, which are the ones that I've pulled up for, for us today. And uh, as we know from the Old Testament, specifically, these would be Elijah and Moses. Uh, The book of Zechariah goes in a more direct manner, as he lived in the days of the Levite, Jeshua, as we know Moses was also of the tribe of Levi, and Zerubbabel, which would have been the tribe of Judah. We are not told what tribe elijah was from but we could take the implication that he was as we know uh the, the book of malachi uh the last chapter of the book of malachi points out that uh, names how elijah will once again walk this earth uh, whether physically him or one of his descendants um and the same is for Moses, it also mentions Moses as coming in the last days. And so these two figures are given, literally, in Revelation 11, as the two witnesses of God. And we know this from the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to point out Deuteronomy chap- 17, verse 6. On the evidence of two witnesses, or three witnesses... He who is to die shall be put to death he shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness this is the new American standard bible um so what really stuck out to me though is that it says on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses so why does it have this or three I mean it could say two or more right it could say two three four or five or however many, just at least two, right? But it says specifically, or three. So I began to wonder who this, if there's possibility of a third witness, but this third witness was will not be counted among the two. Um, theoretically, he will fall.
0: Well, that is a very interesting proposal, because we know that, The scripture talks about this one being treacherous and very treacherous. And the fact of the matter remains, Aaron, he is called a prophet. We have to come to grips with that. He is called a prophet. He is a false prophet, but a prophet nonetheless. And... What is astonishing to me is that we have hints of this outright in the book of Revelation. It is the book of Revelation that declares this to be a prophet. So at some point in time, it would give credence to the treacherous comments in the Old Testament that he does in fact start out within the modern church. Now, it's also interesting to note that his obvious references in the Old Testament to being an Assyrian also plays into the simple fact that behind the scenes it says that he helps the sons of Lot, Moab and Ammon. With that in mind, we could be looking at, well, many denominations do this Uh, the most notable is the Catholic Church of course they have missions everywhere literally everywhere and we could very well be looking at exactly what happened with this well current Pope that we have he was not from Rome Uh, he was certainly from a different part of the globe altogether now I'm in no way inferring that uh, the false prophet Assyrian is going to come from the Catholic Church. That's not what I meant. We know that um, all the denominations have missionaries spread out across the globe, all of the major denominations, all of them. So this could play into the hands because we know the Jews do this as well. They have many uh, synagogues in many different countries. So this could be playing a part in the hint in the shadow. And another outright hint that we have in the book of Revelation itself is Balaam, these references to Balaam. Now, he is all over the New Testament and it makes you stand back and wonder just exactly why. So... I'm kind of curious as to that. Have you looked into the prophet Balaam at all and his references to the end times? Well,
1: in uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 14, but I have a few things against you because you you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept the teaching of Balak To put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit acts of immorality. Um, And this goes right back to the book of Numbers. And we know that uh, one king of Moab, named Balak, he sent his men to the diviner named Balaam, son of Beor, And... He wanted him to curse Israel because he was afraid that Israel would come and destroy his country just like they were completely destroying all the cities of the, the immoral Canaanites uh, when they came to possess the land so what's interesting to find is that he is the only that I've come across that specifically was a prophet an evil prophet in the Old Testament, and it, his name is all over the New Testament, including in Second Peter, and in the Epistle of Jude, and uh, as Numbers chapter 22 points out, is that this Balaam, when he went to curse Israel, the Spirit of God, God, the Lord came to him, and, well, the word of the Lord came to him and told him not to curse Israel. In fact, it says in Numbers 24, uh, verse 1, it says, When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go at other times to seek omens, but he set his face towards the wilderness. Behold, these caused so. So, as we can see, he usually kept omens and uh chapter twenty four says that literally the spirit of God came upon him um for that for that very curse and uh just so you all know, after he blessed israel uh joshua thirteen twenty two says that Balaam was killed by Israel, the sons of Israel. It says the sons of Israel also killed Balaam the son of Baar, the diviner with the sword among their slain. Um, this guy, he cursed his own land because God told him to bless Israel, and his spirit came upon this evil man to literally curse himself and his people to destruction. And so we don't really we didn't really know exactly what he did. Um, until later in Numbers chapter 31, it says, Behold, these caused the sons of Israel, through the counsel of Balaam, to trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor, so that the plague was among the congregation of the Lord. And we know that uh, this matter of Peor was when the Israelites came into the land of Moab, and apparently this Balaam and Balak uh, seduced the sons of Israel to worship this uh, demon uh, Peor, or in uh, uh, modern de- uh, modern terms, he's what more well known as Belphagor, according to the uh, the Greek form of the name, and uh, often shortened to Peor, as in this verse just given. Um, so we so we see a little bit of parallels to the false prophet here because. The Spirit of God came upon him, even though he was an evil man, uh, to curse the people. And we know uh, throughout the prophets it is written that um, he is the Lord's axe, the Assyrian, uh, as the false prophet is called. He's called the Lord's axe. And um, even as John the Baptist himself said, um, that even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Um, So the Assyrian will be evil But he will be the one To uproot the evil people In the last days Um, In other words They want it evil They get it shoved down their throats Um, I don't know how else to put it
0: Well that's a very Direct way to put it No doubt about this So you're saying that That's exactly what is Coming to pass You're saying that's This false prophet is exactly that. He is the axe that is laid at the root of the end-time Israelis. We know from looking at the scriptures pertaining to the ripping open of pregnant women, that is the tribulation trigger. He is going to have an evil thought enter his head and he's going to turn around and look at the beautiful land. And he invades. So, that being said, there is a tale of two prophets in the Bible that is rather elusive, to say the least. It's elusive. And many people don't talk about it. But in... 1 Kings chapter 13, there is a very strange tale, and it concerns a child that would be born to the house of David, Josiah by name. This is how the tale of these two prophets begin. The problem is, is that one prophet lies to the other, and this instigates what comes to pass next? One of them... Was mauled By a lion. With all of this in mind... There are going to be serious... Data... Sets... In this chapter... First Kings chapter 13... That... Could... Give us more information about this. No doubt about it. Now... We also have him come up in Micah chapter 6. It gives a whole lot of details as well. Nehemiah also talks about it. Of course, one of your favorite books, Aaron Jude, and its sister chapter, 2 Peter chapter 2. So, why do you think that we have these references here in both of these chapters that deal with the fallen. Both Second Peter chapter 2 and the book of Jude talks about this very thing and both of these chapters bring up Balaam. Have you considered that? Have you considered that there might be a possible tie-in? Because to me, it makes perfect sense.
1: Well, yeah. Um, I've already looked into this. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 19-21. to 21. I'm going to read them out, according to the New American Standard Bible. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue to sin rebuke in the presence of all, so that the rest also may be fearful. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God... And of Christ Jesus, and of his chosen angels, to maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in a spirit of partiality. Um, So, of course, this also refers to the two or three witnesses, that uh, that strange addition of the third. But another thing I want to point out to you in verse 21 is is it mentions the Lord's chosen angels. Or literally in the Greek, the elect angels, and um, you'll see this throughout the book of Enoch, um, the apocryphal book of Enoch. Um, when you trans, as I've been translating it, um, you come to find that not all the okay, to go right to the root, the um, the fallen angels of uh, Genesis chapter six. It calls them of the order of Watchers, but not all the watchers fell. Um, they call these watchers the holy watchers, um, pointing them to the holy ones quote unquote or literally in our uh, in um, some terms saints um, which is mentioned throughout the scriptures um even the even the quote from the Book of Enoch in uh, the Epistle of Jude speaks of these um, these thousands of saints or holy ones that the Lord will um, come with in the last days. Um, these are the elect angels. How so? Because, well, the book of Enoch, chapter 14, calls, well, he was with the holy watchers. Then he went down the holy watchers sent him to the watchers that fell to pronounce the decree which God sent against them. Um, That was their condemnation. And um, these angels, these holy watchers, were the ones who remained pure. And um, this might be why they're called holy ones, or uh, saints in our terms. Um, Because they were, they remained pure, or and uh, as First Timothy chapter 5 says, his chosen angels are the elect angels. These are the ones, as we know, throughout the Bible, God's people are called the elect, especially in the New Testament. So, as you just mentioned in those passages with Balaam and the tie-ins with the fall of the angels, it's right here in First Timothy, um, the three witnesses, or the two or three witnesses and his chosen angels.
0: Well, unfortunately, this this ties back into the book of Daniel. Uh, we're going to have to go there because here we get in Daniel chapter 11, verse 38. The tale of the Moazim. Now, you can go to all the ancient uh, resources, uh, everything pre- uh, French Revolution, actually, everything pre uh, the cult of reason. All those books written in that time frame loudly declare that everyone thought that especially Antiochus Epiphanes was worshipping a set of gods known as Moazine. You can even get this information on uh, Blue Letter Bible, uh, this infamous term here, Uh, gods of fortresses, this is exactly what the Assyrian is going to do. And the verse before it has dire ramifications, ladies and gentlemen, that Aaron and I have talked about in privately, in lieu of another episode pertaining to the cloven. Let me read that one, and then I will finish with the rest of the verses, so we get exactly what a grasp of what Aaron is leading to. I don't know whether he knows it or not, but that's where this is going. So Daniel, the 11th chapter, and verse 37, well, perhaps we should even back up and speak of what Aaron has already talked about, his miraculous powers. So we'll start with verse 36 of Daniel chapter 11 in the King James Version. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished. For that which is determined shall be done. Let me pause here for commentary. Aaron did remind us that the Lord said that his axe is what he was going to use to take to that tree. Is this exactly what Daniel just stated? I'll read that part again. For that which is determined shall be done. Verse 37 Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor, with gold and silver, and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus Shall he do in the most stronghold with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain? Is this clause here in this passage a direct reference as to why he's going to set up the image of the beast? And the 666 monetary system? Verse 40. And at that time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over he shall enter also into the glorious lands. And many shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand. Even Edom and Moab. And all yes. Of the chief children of Ammon. Ladies and gentlemen that's exactly what. Psalm 83 says. Now. With that in mind Aaron. Aaron. This has been key critical in much of the ecclesia, the church, and I don't mean the fake churches, but the actual church, those who fear God, those who desire His will to be done on earth, as those who actually follow the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. That research needed to be done in this area, who these Moazim was have you done any research along those lines and have you found anything in the archaeological field that would give credence to any of this
1: concerning Antakus Epiphanes or
0: these gods of fortresses altogether um well we know that uh
1: and Tacitus Epiphanes uh, introduced one, his, his god, um, Zeus Olympus, or uh, um, Jupiter Olympus, however you, um, according to either the Greek or the Roman gods, that, but the, uh, the Hebrews of that time and the Phoenicians and all of them used the um, Hebrew term. Baal Shaman, or Lord of Heaven, so, um, yes, this, um, that's what, in Talks of Epiphanes, who was the model, the example of uh, the false prophet who is to come, uh, yes, there is archaeological discovery that this, uh, Jupiter Olympus, or, or, um, Baal Shaman, um, so, as, as we continue to talk about the false prophet, I, w- I want to outline what the book of Revelation says in chapter 13, verses 13 to 14. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven to earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which he, it is given to him to perform in the presence of the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life um so first of all, we want to point out that he had literally given the power of the prophet of a prophet to call down uh fire from heaven and uh, uh call and create signs and we We know that uh uh, the two witnesses, as Revelation chapter eleven, uh, verse uh, five says, that fire will flow out from their mouth. Or, uh, metaphorically, the words of their mouth would call will call out fire from heaven. So, with that in mind, um, the false prophet has a very interesting relationship between uh, these witnesses. And he will cause the people on the earth to worship his God, or as um, Daniel, the book of Daniel calls it, um, the God of the Moazim, uh, or the Maazim. And that brings us back to uh, Numbers chapter 31, verse 16, that it says that Balaam seduced the people of Israel to worship the demon Peor, or Baal Peor. Um, So this is a direct tie between Balaam and this false prophet.
0: Well, Aaron, with that data set, this is really pushing the issue here, that we may be looking at, at something nobody's really expecting, a Great three great prophets actually to rise up and all of them uh, be given special marvelous powers and one of them turns turncoat. That is off the charts to even think along those lines. But Aaron, why don't we take a read of first Kings chapter 13? And why don't you read it in whatever version is pleasant for you to read it out of. Uh, And let's just see what it has to say, Aaron, because I think it's extremely prophetic. And we're going to immediately realize before we get through these 34 verses that what is the prophet's name? We're not getting any hint or clue as to... uh, who the prophet involved is and why one of these prophets would even lie which he clearly does but it leads to death and we know that's exactly what happens with the two witnesses they make war with the beast and he kills them now we have to realize that the beast involved with this chapter that does the killing is a lion and this gets incredibly prophetic Um, you can't find very much teaching on this chapter, this tale of these two prophets but let's take a read of it and see if anything sticks out to you we may learn something here live on air, Aaron because you were not prepared to read this, were you? No Well, with that in mind Let's let's see if we can find any tie-ins here Because we just might Alright Well I'll
1: read from uh, The New American Standard Bible For 1 Kings chapter 13 Now behold There came a man of God from Judah To Bethel By the word of the Lord While Jeroboam ...was standing by the altar to burn incense. He cried against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. Then he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes which are on it shall be poured out. Now when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar of Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! But his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes were poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Please, entreat the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and it became as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water, nor return by the way which you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way which he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet was living in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the deeds which the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken to the king, these also they related to their father. Their father said to them, Which way did he go? Now his sons had seen the way which the man of God, who came from Judah, had gone. And he said to to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and rode away on it. So he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. And he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord. You shall shall eat no bread nor drink water, do not return by the way which you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now it came about, as they were sitting down at the table, that the Word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back and he cried to the man of God who came from Judah saying Thus says the Lord because you have disobeyed the command of the Lord and have not observed the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you but have returned and eaten bread and drunk water in the place which he said to you eat no bread and drink no water your body shall not come to the grave of your fathers and it came about after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk they ...that he saddled the donkey for him, for the prophet, he had brought him back. Now when he had gone, a lion met him on the way and killed him, and his body was thrown on the road. And the don- and the donkey standing beside it, and the lion was standing beside the body. And behold, the men passed-, men passed by and saw the body thrown on the road, and the lion standing beside the body. So they came and told, told it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now when the when the prophet, who brought him, brought him back from that way, heard it, and he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the command of the Lord, therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. Then he spoke to his sons, saying, Saddle the donkey for me, and they saddled it. He went and found his body thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. And the lion had not eaten the body, nor torn the body, nor torn the donkey. So the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back. And he came to the city of the old prophet to mourn and to bury him. He laid his body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother... After he had buried him he spoke to his son saying When I die bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried lay my bones beside beside his bones for the things shall surely come to pass which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the house the houses of the high places which are in Samaria which are in the cities of Samaria after this after this event Jeroboam did not return from his did not return from his evil way but again to make he made priests of the high places which from among all the people any who would any who would he adorned to be priests of the high places this event became sin to the house of Jeroboam even to blot out blot it out and destroy it from off the face of the earth and um this pro- this prophet this man of god um from Judah he prophesied concerning Josiah, uh, the king of Judah, who uh, he destroyed all the the high places and altars um, given to the um, false gods and uh, of to demons. And um, he, as this prophet said, he burned his bones. He burned the bones of those people who had. Uh, who were in that land on that altar, he um, literally dug up the bones and burned them it, all except for this man of God. he knew where uh, he was told where the bones of this man of god were and this is um, given in second kings chapter twenty one and um uh, all the way to twenty three we we're told about what Josiah uh, did.
0: So let me point this out to you Aaron <clears throat> You'll take note What happened to the outstretched arm You'll take note uh, That His arm seized up Now Let us riddle Zechariah chapter 11 verse 17 Woe to the idle Shepherd that, tri- that Leaveth the flock Now let's think about that for a minute This prophet came from Judah, correct, to Israel, right? So let's just take that to heart. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall clean dry up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Now, that's just one thing. And it is also amazing that he brings up the the bones here and goes through these hope these hoops to acquire the bones and all of that, and it just brings Jeremiah chapter eight screaming back to me. Jeremiah chapter eight verse one, "At that time saith the Lord thou shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah." The bones of his princes, and the bones of the priest, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun, and the moon, and all the host of heaven, whom they have loved, and whom they have served, and after whom they have walked, and whom they have sought, and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor buried, they shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. Now it goes on to say And death shall be chosen rather than life By all the residue of them that remain Of this evil family which remain in all the places Which I have driven them saith the Lord of hosts Lord have mercy These tie-ins to everything is really off the charts Aaron Um, Let me ask you this Aaron Why was neither one of these prophets named Not the prophet that showed up from Judah, nor the old prophet with these sons. And I'm just chomping at the bit. I was just wanting them to give the number to how many sons. And how many times did these sons saddle up the donkey?
1: Well, I mean, we know in the tale of Balaam, as... as Numbers chapter 22... Tells... That... There was a donkey... Uh, while he was riding his donkey... The angel of the Lord... Appeared... In the way... Who was about to kill him... Because... The Lord had already told him not to go that way... And... Uh, verse... Uh... 22 of that chapter... It literally says that the Lord, Angel of the Lord was sent... As a Satan... Or an adversary against him... Um... So, yeah, that's another tie to the donkey, and the donkey knew that the angel was there, and as we know, the angel uh, opened the mouth of the donkey when Balaam started striking it and hurting it because um, it wouldn't go that way because the angel of the Lord was there to kill him. Um, Another thing. And uh, another thing I want to point out about this Chapter about this um, man of God is that he said he came from Judah and uh, that just makes me think of the um the rogue disciple um Judas Judas Iscariot, and that name Judas is the Greek form of the word Judah or Yehuda in Hebrew.
0: Well, what did you think of the prophetic ramifications of these true two witnesses to the murder which was the donkey and the lion now don't you find it amazing that the donkey didn't run off Aaron don't you find it amazing that uh, the lion mauled him killed him and then just sat there and the donkey sat there Now, now listen the bible god's holy word was really quite clear the donkey stayed right there with the lion until the son's And this lying prophet showed up and fetched the body. What are your thoughts about these two animals? It just reminds me of the book of Revelation. You have one beast out of the sea and one out of the earth. It's just – I think there's a whole lot more going on here than – anyone has before mentioned because if we go back to Zechariah chapter 11 if you read the hostanza let me read it out of the KJV verse 15 and the Lord said unto me take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd now let me break here Aaron do you know what the instruments of a foolish shepherd is where is that given in God's word but anyway let us continue For, lo, I will rise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall he seek the young one, nor heal that which is broken, nor feed that which standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat, and tear their claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Aaron, why would a prophet seek the young one? And why does it mention when now feed that which standeth still? Now look, Aaron... You cannot help but be reminded of this donkey and this lion that was standing still.
1: Well, um, do you remember what uh, what the lion and the donkey has to do with Christ? We know that uh, Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and um, in his triumphal entry, he rode upon a donkey's colt.
0: That's right. So, I mean, are we so... Are we so sure that everything here in this chapter of 1 Kings chapter 13 isn't giving us a ton of prophetic information in the Hebrew?
1: Oh, I I, I mean, well, just reading it in plain English, it's, wow, it's there's so much of it, it's just blowing over my head. I mean, if I was going to sit down here and make a study of it, the entire chapter, I'm wanting to think it'd take weeks, maybe. And there's so much there and um it seems very vague but very detailed about these different things and it goes out of its way to describe that this other prophet was old but doesn't say who his name was, nor does it and it doesn't call this other prophet well it doesn't call him a prophet, it calls him a man of God. It doesn't give him a name either. And note that both of these prophets sinned. Both of them did the first the first one, the man of God, he disobeyed God by listening to the other prophet who lied to him, and then it just makes you wonder why did that prophet lie? It never says why he lied and and it goes out of its way to to describe how these donkey and this and this and and this lion or standing next to each other uh, with this mauled body right there, um, just until uh, the old prophet comes, or the second prophet comes up and finds the body. Um, another thing I want to point out is that this is the Book of Kings, okay? It's uh, chronicling the reigns of the kings, and here it goes. this chapter goes out of its way to describe the lives of these two prophets who we don't even know, it doesn't even name. So that's why I I guess I've I guess I've always looked at that chapter like there's a lot there and I mean there's prophecy all over it.
0: Well, let us consider this. Um I love verse eighteen. He said to him, I also am a prophet like you, and an Angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water but he lied to him now this is just screaming of the angel that dealt with Balaam and his donkey
1: yes and this angel of the Lord came as a satan Literally in Hebrew as it says.
0: Well, that's what oh, I'm trying to say, also, Aaron. Now, now, now let me say this. The verse ends with, he lied to him. Everybody until now has assumed the prophet or this, this, well, this old prophet. That's the only thing, I mean, we, he don't have a name. Everybody assumes that he lied to the prophet from Judah. But I think everybody needs to take pause. Now look, are we so sure that it's not the angel that lied by being, as you just stated, a Satan to him? Now, <laughs> I enjoy your, your pause, Aaron. But let's take a read of this. Let's see what the Greek has to say about it. And let's look at the punctuation marks. And he said to him, I also am a prophet, as thou art, and an angel hath spoken to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee to thy house, and let him eat bread and drink water. Period. Then five more words in this verse. But he lied to him. Now look, Aaron, you and I both know we have not started tearing this verse apart in Hebrew. And we haven't looked at it in Greek. But have you ever considered... That the one doing the lying... Was this angel... By coming to this... This old prophet... Because he was mad... He wasn't doing what... God told him to do. And we don't even know... That this particular angel was not... Escorting him from Judah to Israel... He decides to rebel against the word of the Lord So he just lied to the old prophet I, I don't know Aaron I, I'm I'm saying that You and I have not looked at this in Hebrew But give me your take on it Are you so sure That the one lying was the old prophet Are you so sure it wasn't that angel That lied to the old prophet
1: Well it would be nothing new I mean First uh, Kings chapter 22 Describes how Um the Lord sent a lying spirit to in the mouth of the prophets of Israel, all except for one Micaiah, who um, King Jehoshaphat hated because he always prophesied against him. He was the only one who this evil spirit, or this uh, lying spirit, didn't touch. Um, so yeah, that's nothing new. Um Micah uh, Micaiah in uh first Kings chapter twenty two verse nineteen described um, Micah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord I saw on the I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him, on his right and on his left. The Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to go f- up and fall at Rehoboth Gilead? And once said And one said this, while another said that. Then a spirit came forward and stood beside the Lord, and said, I will entice him. The Lord said to him, How? And he said, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets.
0: Stop the bus.
1: Then he said, You are to entice and also prevail. Go and do so. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of these, your prophets, and the Lord has proclaimed disaster against you.
0: Well, Aaron, you know, let's go back to, (laughs) oh my goodness. The question is, is that, um, was Jeroboam a good guy or a bad guy? That's the whole question.
1: Well, I mean, wasn't he one of the ones that God sent to uproot another evil king? Or am I thinking of somebody else?
0: Well, I think that's something for further study, but I'm going to throw out one last little tidbit, okay? Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, let's take this last little tidbit that I'm going to share. You might find it to be a little bit off the charts. Implementing celestial somology... You can prove that those seven churches are the seven planets. You'll take note that Balaam is mentioned in the third church, the church of Paragmos, which, implementing celestial somology, is, of course, Earth. You can prove that by any shadow of a doubt with verse 13. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Aaron, let me ask you, uh, what is Satan the prince over?
1: This world?
0: That is correct. So, we have talked enough about celestial simology, because, well, it's all over that. Well, it's all over every chapter that that we've read. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 8, it was right there. The, well, wow, we have covered a whole lot. This has been a staggering Christian conspiracy theory to say the least. But I think the most disturbing thing is the simple fact that the two prophets are never named. Whenever you do find uh, any information given about these and this chapter, it's literally called The Tale of Two Prophets. And that's exactly what you get, ladies and gentlemen, when you look to the two prophets mentioned in the book of Revelation. You can't get around it. You go to Revelation chapter 11 and study all you want to. The one thing you're looking for, it never gives you, and that's their names. I mean, people say Moses, they say Enoch, they say Elijah... It goes on and on and on and on. Of course, we all know that if it is Elijah, what the Jews think? Because Elijah has a different name now, doesn't he, Aaron? What is his current name, by the way?
1: Some say is Sandolphin.
0: And then they say that, well, Elijah has a different name, right? What is his name?
1: Metatron. They say both of... well, we know that both of these were translated, quote to heaven. They were taken to heaven um, without dying. and um, According to popular belief, they were turned into some of the greatest angels in all of heaven. Um, Metatron, specifically, the greatest.
0: And all of that is certainly a conspiracy theory. That is not in the Bible, God's holy word. But everything we talked about tonight... Gives massive ramifications that this false prophet Assyrian is going to be a prophet for, well, at least to the Jewish people. No doubt about it, he is the axe that's laid upon them. And by the way, let's talk about the three trees, shall we? Does everybody remember the three trees mentioned in the Bible? Of course, there is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And then there's the tree of life, right? Ah, yes, and then the other one. The root of Jesse. Now, isn't that interesting? Aaron, your closing comments, please.
1: Well, I'd like to um, throw out there again that I'm still working on my translation of Greek Book of Enoch, my interlinear um, uh, key to Strong's uh, and I'm still working on the commentary but um, I'm pushing through, still working hard Uh, and
0: God bless you Ladies and gentlemen Christian Conspiracy Theory signing off